2: Welcome to Money Making
3: Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm
2: not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. We had, uh, This is Rashawn McDonald. He had to grab the mic because... Uh I was in here dancing because, um, you know, we're about to talk about some great music. I know, I know, I know, but I'm about to mention some songs, going to bring back some memories today because uh, next month is, uh, that's June, is uh, Black Music Month and um, we're going to talk some music. But let let me get the intro started and so I can just lay everything correctly. Welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. As you know. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Our theme is that there is no perfect time to start following your dreams. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring you. That's right, you who are listening. You who are driving. You who are streaming this show nationwide to accomplish your goals and live your very best life. It's time to start reading other people's success stories and start living your own. The reality is, is that... When I do this show and I look at myself, because I get up every morning at 4.30, Monday through Friday, I get up. And I tell people when I get up, I'm not a happy. It's not about a happy get up at 4.30 in the morning. But to achieve my dream, to achieve my goals, I have to get up. I can't hit the snooze button. I can't think about what if somebody else did what I needed them to do so I can be successful. In the end, your dream is your dream. To achieve your dream, to make your dream happen, you have to make it happen. And I always tell people this. Everybody has a gift, not gifts. Let's talk about that gift. Let's hone in on that one talent, that one skill that God has given you. Lead with that gift and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. I will tell people this. Between the ages of 18 and 24, you are invincible. You're immortal. You're a dreamer. You Can't nobody tell you nothing. When you get 40, 50, 60, 70, get that same attitude back that can't nobody stop you, that you're invincible, that you're gonna live forever. Because even at 18, there was no guarantee that you would live forever. So why should you not have the same mentality when you're 40, when you're 50 and 60, that you're going to live forever? Because your dreams, your legacy you create can make you a legend, can make you a memory, can make you a person that has changed other people's lives. I remember when I was diagnosed with cancer, and then when, you, when you get diagnosed with cancer, the thing about it is that your light flashes before your eyes. And all I could think about was my future. But I settled down and I realized what I had done in my life at that point, I was really comfortable if cancer was going to bring an end to my life. And fortunately for me, it has not. So you have to live each day with a with a goal, with a desire to understand that when you wake up, have a sense of purpose. When you wake up, have a goal. When you have that goal, achieve the plan that you are trying to achieve out of that. And don't let nobody stop you from achieving. My guest, she's that person. One of my favorite people I interview on my show, you know, sometimes on NPR, you can't like promote or say you like something. But I got to say, I like her. She's one of my favorite people. My guest is Diana Williams. She's the broadcaster, celebrity strategist, curator, live event producer, celebrating 50 years in the music, broadcasting, and entertainment industry professional. That's what she is. She's the person that's been there. Because it's really interesting, and we're going to talk about this, but we we'll talk about longevity because when you're successful, you really don't think about longevity until you get to that longevity part. And then – Somehow you get nervous because you look at back look back on what you've achieved and you wonder if you can continue to achieve that. Some of our archives are really now in the Library of Congress. Co-founder, check this out, Black Music Month. It's on the National Museum of African American Music and Nashville Board. A regular on TV once Unsung and is referred to as the Mother of Black Music Month. She's established and she's going to get a big proclamation in the city of Philadelphia. Please welcome the one and only. The Money-Making Conversation Masterclass, Deanna Williams. How you doing, Deanna?
4: Oh, blushing. I've changed. I'm another color. Oh, my goodness. Rashawn, now you know I love, love any opportunity to interact with you for a myriad of reasons. One, you are so inspiring. You are, when we talk about success, you are helping. You're giving the blueprint to listeners to viewers of success because you are bringing on the air people who are grufflers grinding and hustling and you are a master gruffler so i'm honored to be with you today on wclk all Park right, University. now. My daughter went to she she went she attended school there. Mm-hmm. And shout out to David Linton and the oh, entire. Oh,
2: David oh, Linton, oh, he's sitting in here now. K. He's, he's sitting, sitting in the room. The and I, he, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, David. Oh, that's my boy. You know, he got me on over that's here. My boy too. He's because my guy. you know, everybody has a dream, and and I, I was talking about that earlier. But when you say like, I remember when I went out, I, I left IBM, and I wanted to pursue a career as a stand-up comedian. I just wanted to do it. You know, I was just, I was 26 years old at the time. Couldn't nobody tell me nothing because I felt that I had to do it. And a lot of people said, don't do it. You're leaving a great job like IBM. And then 30 came and then 40 came. And I really tell you this, Deanna, is that it wasn't Mm until my 40s that I really realized that I had a gift, that I had the ability to to do things that everybody else wanted to do, and people were starting to come to me for advice and starting to understand that I had a a different way I looked at things when it came to marketing and branding. When, When I did this show, bringing people like you on the show, let's talk about that journey in the early years when you were just a voice, but you were an incredible voice, and when did you realize that you were seeing things and giving advice to people that was a little bit different than they were getting anyplace else?
4: Mm, well, salute to you again for helping craft the careers of many super successful individuals. I wish I'd met you younger in life. Things <laughs> might have been different. But the person who inspired me, there were two people other than my parents, my mother, Nancy Newman, and my father, George Williams. Mm-hmm. And other than my parents and my grandparents, my family, my foundation, it was my ex, Kenny Gamble, right. and my best friend, Kathy Hughes, who was the founder of... Everything with the one in it, Urban One, TV
5: One,
4: <laughs> <laughs> the Dollar One, right, everything, right, right. And so those those are the individuals that helped shape me. But a good friend of mine, Hubert Laws, said to me when I was in college, he says, "You have a great voice. You should do radio." So he was one of my, you know, he was one of my early advocates. So I would give credit to those individuals and a gentleman by the name of Van J. And lastly, the person who gave me my first job with health benefits. His name, Bob Nighthawk Terry. Mm-hmm. If you saw the movie Talk to Me, right? he was in the movie with uh, with Petey Green. Mm-hmm. Bob Nighthawk Terry was the gentleman who came in with the dogs. Right. That was my former boss who gave me my first job in radio. Well,
2: you know, now today, you know, you got to have that voice. You know, back in the day, they used to you have to talk a certain way. got to have a voice. Uh-huh. Now it's about personality. You really, get, really don't have to talk. Like you talk or the way everybody had to be articulate, every word came out clear. But now everybody throw out the word authentic, you know, organic, relatable. How is that? How have you seen that? Has that changed the business? You know, back,
4: I come from the era of radio personalities, but people who are very vibrant personalities like Frankie Crocker, Vi yes. Higginson, who was the woman who inspired me, who was also on the air at WBLS in New York on 107.5. Uh, you know, we, it, it kind of got watered down at a certain point, but I think radio personalities, we come for that tradition. You know, the great Jocko Henderson, And Georgie Woods, the guy with the goods. These are legendary broadcasters, (laughs) Mary Mason, Louise Williams Bishop. That's that's what I come from. And while I am currently celebrating my fiftieth anniversary, I've seen all kind of changes in radio broadcasting. But at the end of the day, it's personalities. People want to hear a voice that they trust, they can rely upon that they can set their watch. Oh wait, we don't set our watches anymore. Right.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you know what I mean. They want they want that familiarity. They want somebody who feels like family. And that's the style of radio that I've always engaged in. Even though now I'm doing talk radio, I've done music radio my entire career. But I'm a guest commentator on WURD, which is progressive black talk radio mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. So I get to do what you do. A awesome. little bit of
2: what you do. Well, you know, the beauty of, you know, because you, you threw out a name, you know, you threw mm-hmm. out a name. And you said my ex. My ex. Which one? Oh, my ex. My ex. I know. My ex. You with know. The because... patriarch
4: of my family and my very, very dear friend, Kenny Gamble, who yes. is one of the architects of the Sound of Philadelphia. There we go. With his partners.
2: Leon don't, 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 don't go past that too fast now. You know, Another Sound scene. of Philadelphia. That music. We we got to talk about that oh. music a little bit. Okay. Because, you right. know, see, a lot of people don't know. All they hear is the artists. All they, yeah. they hear the singer. They don't know who who the, the master behind, mastermind behind, yeah. I miss you. You know. Kenny Gamble, Leon Huff. Come on, come
4: on. MFSC, the great drummer, Hart. Earl Hart. Young.
6: Shippa Love Roy, Trent.
4: The OJs, Kenny Gamble again, and Leon Huff. Ain't no stopping us that. McFadden and Whitehead, Gene and John, great producers and songwriters.
2: That's just a few, y'all. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that, you know, the the, the Soul Train theme.
4: The Soul Train theme with Don Cornelius was done by Gamble and Huff, and it featured the Three Degrees and MFSB.
2: Turn off the lights.
4: My, my borrow-a-cup-of-sugar neighbor and my best friend until he made his transition, Theodore... Pendergrass.
2: Teddy Pendergrass. girl, that was my song back in the day, boy. Turn off the light. Turn off the light. See, I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. See, you get uh-huh. me excited because now I'm going back to my younger days. When you know, when 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 a slow song meant something back in the club days. Oh yeah. You know, you, you look across the you look across the floor and made eye contact. That's all you mm-hmm. needed. If she looked your way, you looked her way, and you just did the head nod, the head up. Head, or the head to the right, or the head up. And she went, <laughs> cool, then y'all made y'all way to the floor. And exactly. Come on now. Exactly.
4: On now. And you know what? Thad Jones, Mel Lewis, Gamble & Huff did uh, two albums, I believe, with them. Uh, the great Dexter Wansell, who was coming from a jazz tradition as well. So incredible musicians. They called from the Philadelphia Orchestra, Ooh. string players. And you, then girl. they had the fiercest rhythm section. I love the music of The Sound of Philadelphia, P- well, P- Philadelphia International. Well, you
2: know, that, that music, but it had a message in it, too, a yeah, lot sure. of times. You know, like, wake up everybody. Yeah. There's no yeah. sleeping in bed. Carol
4: Melvin in the Blue Notes, again, with Teddy Pendergrass.
2: Family Reunion by the OJs. The Family OJs. Reunion. <laughs> Got to have.
4: Come on. Uh, and you know what? How about I'll always love my mama. Gamble
2: and Huff wrote that one as well and produced it for the intruder. always love my mama. Come on She's now. She's my favorite girl. Well, you know the th- the thing about it is that it, or, or we are now. It's generational, okay? You know, you you had pop, and then you had rock, and then you had the the mothership landed. You know, it landed. You know, it landed when I was playing basketball in the early seventies when the when the when the P Funk came. Make mm-hmm. my funk the P Funk. Come on now. Mm-hmm. And, but nobody was stopping them boys in Philadelphia. No, not at all. And
4: they were inspired, um I, I thought I heard you say Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy and Motown in Detroit set the standard for gamble and huff they actually flew out gamble's first airplane ride was to detroit to visit motown where they were interested in speaking to them to be um songwriters and producers at motown and when gamble and huff saw what barry gordy had done and if you've ever been to the studio which i'm sure you have absolutely in a house it's small no way all that great big Mm -hmm. music from all those artists stevie wonder martha reeves and the bandellas mary wilson diana ross and the supremes the temptations um but i, I gotta stop
2: you 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 right uh-huh. there you know because sometimes we be in the mix and so you know it's like it's like you just be rolling through it and you don't realize you you understand what's happening but you don't really appreciate it because it's just happening and you're enjoying the moment because greatness was all around you from those sounds and artists and what were your what was your head at, at that moment when it was, I was, I was
4: yeah, very great question. I often reflect back to it. I knew that great things were happening. I was very cognizant of the fact that I was around tremendously talented people, not just my man, but the people that he signed to the roster. June Carn is godmother to our children. Uh, Gamble and I had three children, um, so I was I was aware, and I was on the radio, so I was on the air <laughs> in first at WBLF. Then I went into television for a minute. Then I came back to Philly, and I was on WDAS Mm 105.3, which is a monster heritage
2: station
4: in Philadelphia. And that's the station where, you know, great, like, for instance, there's a woman named Patty Jackson. She has been on the that's air my girl. thirty years.
2: Hold, hold, hold that thought, Diana, because uh-huh. I got to go to yes. break. You know the, the, okay. the rules and radio. Yes, and I do. I got to go. I'm coming right back. Now we're going to talk sure. about your proclamation in Philadelphia. When we come back, we're yes. going to talk about Black Music Month. We're going to talk about the museum in Nashville. All these we things. Got a lot. To my talk friend
6: about. has yes, had sir. a major.
2: Po- See, that's why you bring friends on because you got to remind yes. them of the blessings they've given us. Be right back with more money making conversation, Diana Williams. Mm-hmm.
5: We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushon McDonald.
0: You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations, Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald.
2: Comedian Kim Coles is known for her famous role as a cast member on the hit TV series, Living Single. Now Kim has been sharing her gifts of public speaking, motivation, and training leaders in community groups, companies, and women conferences.
4: And what it really is about is creating a community of like-minded individuals in which my business partner and I coach them through building their business. We did a masterclass on self-care. It really means rest it means setting boundaries it means saying no where saying yes would deplete you further it means filling your cup so that you can serve others my ladies are more busy now than they were before the pandemic hit because they realize, oh i've got a vision i've got to keep going and i'm building an empire that will last longer than me this is about building legacy
2: if you want to hear this full interview with kim cole visit moneymakerconversations.com keep winning
5: now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald.
2: Well, I'm talking to Deanna Williams. Um, she's been proclaimed oftentimes as the mother of black music mom. But before, she, if you watch watched TV once on song, you've seen her. You have seen Deanna Williams. You, you already heard all this music. So when you try to go back and get one of those those greats, they're going to roll her in and go, Queen, start talking. Give us, oh. give us, give us the the truth, because you know the truth, because you saw it all. You saw not only you saw it, you played it, you participated. You were at the concerts, you was at the at the events where the music was was revolutionizing the sound, but it was all coming off the East Coast, and then you had Detroit, then you had the West Coast. Those sounds and that music, and, and I'd be remiss because I want you to go back and talk about my girl, Patty Jackson, because I cannot. Oh, yeah. She's done so much for my career. She's done so much, mm-hmm. as you've done for my career, being able to give me a voice and giving the talents that I've worked with a voice. Because people understand black radio is a little bit different in our community because yes. black radio tells us how to vote. Black radio tell us where to go, tell us about the weather, tell us how to get up in the morning, tell us when to go to bed, tell us makes us feel good about ourselves, makes us party about ourselves, remind us of respect. Black radio is powerful, and it, mm-hmm. it should never go away because of the fact it's an emotional tool to our future. Do you agree?
4: Exactly. I completely, totally agree. Black radio is the clarion voices of our community, and it has been and will continue to be as long as humanity exists. And prior to the break, what I was saying about Patty Jackson is that she has been on the air in the same time slot for 30 years. Unheard of white, purple, polka dot, orange. She is a voice in the community. And as you reference my career celebrating 50 years, Patty Jackson and I are part of a group called the Inaugural 30. 30 black women broadcasters from all over the country. Our archives last Friday were installed into the Library of Congress. We started the morning out at the White House uh, with Steve Benjamin and, um, you know, the new press secretary. Well, she's a, a year in her position, Corinne Jean-Pierre, and um, and Erica, who's in charge of African-American media, Erica Lowe. It was incredible, but shout out to all those women for their illustrious careers and being voices on the regular in our community as you said Rashawn, where do you go vote who's coming to town what place <laughs> should you be what what you know it's voting it's time to register where to go where mm-hmm. to get help where to get social services where who's hiring job fairs. that's what we do we do more than just play feel good music we are the voices in our community to alert, to inspire, to
2: inform. You know, it's really interesting. Like I'm from Houston, Texas. I can remember a station down there called Magic 102. I
6: mm-hmm. can tell
2: you right now today, the very first song that that station played in 1977 when it came on was Johnny Guitar. Called, Johnny Guitar Watson song. Uh-huh. Which I one, did, do you remember? Real Mother for you. Oh, and, yes. yes. And, and you know, and so, so that's how powerful music is because it can lock you into an emotion. It can also inspire you to be great. Now, when you, when you talk about Black Music Month, what I cannot get off this air is talk let people hear the story of how that came about. How you were very interest, instrumental along with Mr. Gamble and coming about. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how Black Music Month came about. And now it is recognized every June.
4: Well... Credit goes to Kenny Gamble again. We were a couple at the time, so obviously as a couple we worked together on everything, including the children. But Gamble went to Nashville and he saw what the Country Music Association was doing with their unity, carving out a region, calling it Music City, um, being very smart about the economics of the creativity. And he said we need to do that in the black music industry. And so he came back under the auspices of another organization that he established called the Black Music Association. June Black Music Month was born. And Clarence Avant, who's known to many in the industry and outside, as the godfather, called the White House, asked President Carter's administration to host an event at the White House for the black music industry. And it was a little bit of everybody. Billy Eckstein was there, Chuck Berry, Evelyn Champagne King, MFSB, Dexter Wanzell, Andre Crouch. They all performed. And in the audience was Barry White, Gladys, uh, Robert Gordy, um, just t- Frankie Crocker, myself. <laughs> Dammel and I, you know, it was my first time going to the White House. So June 7th, 1979, Jimmy Carter declared June. Black Music Month, and that was 44 years ago, and we've been celebrating ever since. Myself, as well as DJ Ed Wright, worked with Gamble for the further establishment of June Black Music Month, and in 2000, I went to President Clinton, I went to Congress, I got legislation passed, a bill called the Black Music Month Bill, acknowledging the multi billion dollar industry that black music is all genres, Rashawn, you know this. Absolutely. It's not just it's all genres, but the number one genre in the world right now is hip hop music. Absolutely as we celebrate fifty years of hip hop. So that was the origin, Gamble, Ed Wright, and myself carving out a month for us to highlight. That doesn't mean that July first we don't celebrate black music. Right. It's a three six five celebration. But June is a concentrated period of time for us to elevate and celebrate.
2: Now, now this is amazing when I hear all this conversation because you know you can say you know hip hop is the number one stream music, but guess what? Guess what he's sampling from? Guess what he's sampling, sampling from?
4: Often from R and B and jazz.
5: <laughs>
4: no, Come no, on now. no, no, question about that. Come on now, and and uh, Tribe Called Quest with a Q tip, they definitely. Borrowed liberally, sampling from jazz and R and D.
2: Absolutely. Now, the National Museum of African American African American Music in Nashville. Now, why is that museum in Nashville?
4: The museum is in Nashville because it became a partnership between the public and private sector, and they raised, we raised. I'm on the board. Um, hundreds, millions of dollars necessary to build the museum. So. People overlook, and I didn't know this either, Rashawn, that Nashville, a rich tradition in gospel as well as jazz. Yes. Jimi Hendrix was there in mm-hmm. the late 60s. Jimi, J- Jimi Hendrix was living in Nashville. So, And country music, I know some people want to dispute this, but the reality, it came from black people. Yes. White people developed their own style of country music, but country music and black folks and the blues and gospel always in Nashville, and the the biggest ambassadors around the world in the 1800s were the Fisk Jubilee Singers, and people overlooked that as well. Well, you know, a a lot of people forget all that,
2: you know, the Tennessee, Alabama, Mm -hmm. you know, if Mm -hmm. you look at, you know, the whole, when you look at uh, Aretha Franklin, her Mm -hmm. story when she was going down to Alabama, you know. Um, yeah. Muscle Shoals. That's what mm-hmm. she was going down. there. she was going all the way down there to get the best musicians, and, and uh, she
4: worked with some white boys that had absolutely. To be very absolutely. They were very soulful musicians, and hey, all those early Aretha Franklin songs that we love were ba- backed by a lot of white boys and black people too. Bernard Purdy
2: was. Was a great see, see, see. drummer, and see, he was on Y'all, y'all a wonder lot of why she's on on song all the time? Did you, did, <laughs> it's, it's like it, I just, I actually, I can just shut up and just let her talk because uh, you're so eloquent. First of all, e- eloquent in your tone, kind. and also the information you just throw out. You know, is like uh, now, you know, I, like I said, you know, it's never too late to manage somebody. So you know, we'll talk later off the air. You know, right? You know, you so used to about, show, about, I, I should have met you earlier. How about meet me oh, now? Uh,
4: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We're connected forever. So Nashville is the home of the National Museum of African-American Music located on 5th and Broadway in the heart of downtown Nashville. One side is the original Grand Ole Opry. The other side is the Bridgestone Arena. So we are like in the heart of downtown and we cover all genres and subgenres of black music from field hollers straight through to hip hop right now. So you gotta you gotta come see the museum. And I encourage everyone to go to N M A A M dot org. That's NAMAM and that's the acronym of the museum. So com- you can peruse it. You can see our galleries. We have seven galleries, fifty six thousand square foot facility, a contemporary her story and history museum of music.
2: Congratulations. Music. Now you got a big proclamation coming up in um in Black Music Month. I wonder yeah. why it's in Black well, Music Month. I wonder why this oh, wow. happened in Philadelphia. But uh, tell us about it. Yeah. and uh, You know, I, I would tell you this. I, w- I was honored recently at the Black Media Awards and yeah, I went over there. And, you know, you, you, it don't get old when people recognize yes, exactly. you. It doesn't get old. No, you know, it does And congratulations.
4: You deserve it.
2: Thank you. you know, congratulations on you because of the fact I'm just reminding yes. everybody that you know when when people knock on your door or they call you or, re- or remind you of what you are doing now or what you've accomplished it's truly a blessing and and for you to be honored in Philadelphia in Black Music Month tell us about it and tell us uh, your expectations are they gonna let you talk or are you just gonna <laughs> take the award you just gonna walk around take some photos what's going on?
4: Oh that's beautiful we're Gamble and I as two of the founders that live still in Philadelphia are being recognized by Philadelphia City Council on June 8th, and we are receiving a proclamation for our work as the co-founders of June Black Music Month and still living. We're champions of music in Philly. I'm on the board of the Recording Academy, which is the Grammy organization. Gamble's still very active in perpetuating culture amongst Black folks and others in the city of Philadelphia. So we are very excited and our children very excited Absolutely. to have their
2: parents recognized they, in the council. They, they, just start, they, they, they just need to have a party out there. You know, Mrs. <laughs> me and Mrs. Jones be jamming, oh, love, train, the, the sound of Philadelphia. Shit. It just Aww. be, you know, they, they ship a horse, ship a horse. Ship-
6: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
0: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
2: Come on now. They can just, yeah. they can, it's really amazing, the genius. You have to put the word genius because there's something that, that, that I, I i can't comprehend. I, my degree is in math, so I know, I understand logic. I understand numbers. I understand two plus two is four. But the creativity, the process of being able to manipulate sound and put together words and make those words just resonate, not only years but decades later, And the Mm -hmm. fact that you were part of that and still a part of that, being able to tell this story on my show today, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on Monday and come to Masterclass.
4: Oh, thank you, Rashawn, for everything, like I said, what you do. You are a master i
2: teacher. appreciate that and but again let me just tell you this now you know i'm just letting everybody know the world no she said i wish i had met you earlier cuz you know uh, this is about the uh, this is about the fourth time i've interviewed you diana okay uh, yes, and every time we always say we're going to get together remember the first time we I supposed to, we were working on some tv show where we're going to go yes. we're going to be like the masters sitting over here and you uh-huh. know talk to young people try to make careers out of it. that went nowhere cuz guess what we didn't talk no more Okay. it's not too late it's okay, cool.
4: never too late there you're you the go. one that's an advocate of it it's never too late to actualize your dreams
2: okay. and she, she threw out a word that either. I knew nothing no. I've never heard actualize it, it, because you know why I would never exactly. say that word? Because I will fumble through it. Actualize Oh, No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You can watch this shit for it. I love it. I love Deanna. So you, you're incredible. You. Congratulations. And you know, uh, you. this is live. This live radio. I want the people to I hear know, us. I and love live it's going to get, get syndicated nationally through all my HBCU campuses that carry my show and podcast. But more importantly, you are a you are an incredible person. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. The wonderful my
4: gratitude to you. Queen Thank you, Rashad. The mother
2: of Black Music Month that we celebrate <laughs> every June,
4: Diana Weeks. And celebrate, y'all. Read to your children. Uh, stream or buy the music of your favorite artists. Go see live shows. You know, there's so many different ways you can. And guess what? Consumers are part of the celebration. It's not just for the artists or the songwriters or the producers. It's the executives. It's you. It's David Linton. It's the listeners of double. It's it's everybody who consumes black music. So happy early June Black Music Month to all.
2: And we talk soon. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. He is coming up next, Sergeant Major Keith L. Craig, the super-connected Hollywood whisperer. I'm going to tell you something. The word connected, the word relationship, is why Hollywood works. If you don't have the relationship, you don't know anybody, talent is there. Talent is important. But you got to be connected. Where well, I'm talking to next in my next break, a connector. A connector. Don't go nowhere. Money-making conversation master class. With Rashawn McDonald. Be right back with Sergeant Major Major Keith L. Craig.
5: We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald.
3: HBCUs represent Black Excellence. If you attend or are an alumnus of an HBCU, we want to hear about your story. The My HBCU Story Digital Library will allow current HBCU students and alumni to share their stories. Registration is open to everyone. More information is available at HBCUCollegeDay.com. Click My HBCU Story. Next, you can upload a photo. The photo can be recent or from when you attended your HBCU. Then, share your academic or social experience at your HBCU, which can be your favorite class, hangout joint, homecoming game, student center, on or off campus party, Greek show, and how attending an HBCU changed your life. We also want to hear stories if you pledged a fraternity or sorority. The goal is to use your My HBCU story to promote and uplift the HBCU brand. Your HBCU prepared you for success, and now we want everyone to read about your black Excellence. More information is available at HBCUcollegeday.com. You can click My HBCU Story to share your story.
5: Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, this is
2: Rashawn McDonald. Welcome back to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm a dreamer, y'all. I Maybe you don't know that about me, but um, I come from um, the neighborhood. I come from energy city, uh, six sisters, two brothers. And the interesting thing about me was that I watched television and television showed me a world that I wasn't living in. It showed me the possibilities. And I used to always watch like Jacques Cousteau was my man when I was growing up. I used to watch Jacques Cousteau. And when I went to college, guess what? I worked offshore. Because I wanted that I wanted the, that experience. I wanted to be in the ocean. I was working 80 miles out in the Gulf on a on R-rig. They would fly me out there on the helicopter, and i stay out there for two weeks. And so I tell people, you know, if you, if you don't dream it, you don't think about it, you don't make it a possibility, then it cannot happen. Well, my next guest is a person who, that's what he does. He makes the impossible possible. Uh, Sergeant Major Keith L. Craig, the super connected Hollywood whisperer is a go-to for independent filmmakers, producers, directors, development deals, Finance, options, distribution, and budgets. I don't want to lose anybody on this because, because of the fact that if he doesn't do what he do, then you don't watch what you see on television. You need him. This year they have 50 new titles to be released across digital platforms, including Amazon, Google Play, Apple, and Roku, and in select theaters. In less than 30 days, because he in partnership, Porter Craig Clients Films will go global. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, the one and only Sergeant Major Keith L. Craig, how you doing, sir?
7: How you doing? Thank you for the introduction. Glad to be here.
2: Well, guess what, Sergeant Major? Uh, let's let's start right there. Uh, first of all, thank you for the service. Let's get a history there because you you, you 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 let me know there's some military in you. How did it all get started? A
7: uh, long time ago, age. H- Seventeen. I went into the military. Uh, so, was,
2: was it really long time ago, sir? Was it last last week? Can it be last week? It, it, was, like- <laughs> it, was, a lo- it was
7: a long time ago, Rashad. <laughs> you, you see him a storyteller already. Right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Do your thing. <laughs> do your thing, sir.
7: But yes, a long long time ago, uh, At age seventeen, my mom actually actually had to sign me into the um, the military. I heard you earlier say that. Um, you know, you're from a um, community that was it wasn't um it it wasn't supportive as far as launching you into you know your tomorrow. So right. stay, stay with me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh my mom and I was once homeless, you know. Um so, you know, it's from there that I actually um you know got my will to to succeed, right? So um my you know, I had some people in my past once told me that I wasn't gonna amount too much because I didn't necessarily like to do what you know we were doing down there as far as shark sharecroppers are concerned. But, uh, fast forward, I went to the military and, um, and just had some great assignments. And, and there, you know, I learned the, um, I learned discipline. I know, you know, the power of, you know, having morals and values and integrity and honest, being honest and selfless service to others. And, and that pretty much, uh, led me to, to, to have some great assignments and actually was deployed six times, um, spent over, over two years in, uh, um, in Iraq. In one of those years, I was part of an intelligence brigade that actually gathered the intelligence that led to the capture of Saddam Hussein, who was mm-hmm. at the time Arch Enemy number one. Um, fast forward 2010, I actually, uh, uh took 3,000 men and women over to Haiti for Port-au-Prince to help sustain the city that was, you know, over there because of the herp- earthquake. Um, 2011, 2012, I was part of a logistical uh, unit in Afghanistan in between Kabul and Kandahar. Well, actually, we supported SEAL Team Six as we crossed the berm into uh, to take out Osama bin Laden. So, as you can see, I've been around and and, and with the places I've been uh, and the people I've met throughout the years, I was able to excel in the military and uh, make it all the way to the top one percent, which is a sergeant major. And for those of, those of you listeners who don't know what a sergeant major is, because Hollywood has done an awesome job of teaching people what you know, a Colonel is or a general is or an Admiral is. Right. But they don't know that, that every one of those Rushon, has a Sergeant major as a senior advisor. Right. They don't make a move unless they, you know, unless they, you know, have dialogue with the Sergeant major, you know what I'm saying? So yes. And that's kind of how that was my army career. Well, let, Let's
2: slow down on that career because I think it's important. Yes, it was one of the things that, you know, this big giant press release, people always say, how do you get guests on your show, Roushon? Well, sometimes I get these press releases, they come out and I go, Wow. I need to talk to him because of the fact that, you know, we we talk about options in our community. We talk about the negativity of, you know, sometimes I'm gonna tell you some sergeant major. I look at television, and I see, you know, violence, and I'm just praying that they're not gonna put a black person's face on the screen, because it right. it, it, it appears far too often than I want to say it should, and so and we and I remember once when I was really a. Uh, advocating military service, you know, a lot of people in the black community, like, uh, you know, trying to uh, resisting the values that I was trying to say that a young person who doesn't may not have the options to to go to college should at least look at it. Don't just denounce it. Tell us about the the values because I don't want to go past that because because it still holds a lot of tremendous values right now. And quite frankly, the the military community is struggling. To enlist people to get people to enlist
7: okay well yes, uh obviously uh, I actually hold an MBA um now, but I you know I got that inside of the military, you know, and I also have no student loans because of that because as a as as an, as a soldier that's in the military, you actually have the ability to go to school and get your education while you're serving so it's kind of like you know you it's a win-win for those who don't want a student loan, you know what I'm saying so you know oftentimes we talk about society, you know how it kind of steers us to, it kind of presents a roadmap to us. Like you, you should go to college. Right. And as you go to college, that that will determine your job, but that also determines a certain amount of debt as you as you leave the university. You know, so so I was actually this past weekend uh, speaking at the Howard University, and one of the things I spoke to people about was uh, professional score. You know, believe it or not, society is keeping score of of the things that you've done uh, before you leave college. As you enter college, for instance. It's like, what was your GPA? What was your SAT score? You know, what was you? Were you uh, part of the uh, community out there? You know, where you go to church? Boy Scout, Girl Scout? So you have to always build on your brand. So the military afforded me opportunity to go get educated, right? And be able to have a, a launch point to to choose anything that I want to do from the military, because it's obviously it brands you to where it doesn't matter which, what color you're choosing, uh, red or blue, whatever side you're choosing, everybody accepts. People have served their country because we believe red, white, and blue. Right. You know.
2: You know. So so you you you, you what? When did you start to transition into seeing Hollywood or uh, entertainment as an option?
7: When I was deployed right. over in Iraq, uh, I saw organizations would bring over entertainment to try to take our mind off of combat. For uh, two or three hours, you know, uh, a year, because we spent three sixty five, three hundred sixty five days uh, in deployment. So, but I never saw any entertainment that looked like us, you know, as far as the minorities, right? Right. So it was. It was at that point as a senior, as a senior advisor, a senior soldier in Element, Soldiers came to me uh, uh, and asked me, you know, Sergeant Major, what can we do to have somebody that we like? Right. And that's kind of <laughs> when I started right. to. I started to reach out and, and and reach out to Hollywood and and meet a few people and then brought over the likes of BB B. King and the Temptations and things of that nature and it, you know it kind of felt good to make people happy. So that's what I you know I started I got the bug right then like okay
2: so you like so this. you started out basically a promoter you producing shows bringing in yes. talent that was appealing to a to to an artist that felt that they were not getting the they they wouldn't they they were they were happy to be entertained but wasn't really feeling the entertainment.
7: Right, right. It's absolutely right. They, the, the, most of the entertainment was from Kentucky or Tennessee. If you understand what I mean.
2: Right. Absolutely. Like I said, until you participate or you put yourself in a position to be able to have power, and like I said, as a, as a position you were in, sergeant major, you position yourself to be a promoter, to be a producer. Skill set that guess what people do every day. You know, promoters are just advertisers. Promoters are just, you know, uh, companies that somebody promotes these grocery stores, somebody promotes these cars, somebody promotes these football games, these basketball games. That's all he was doing in the smallest stage. But you were learning a skill, and that skill allowed you to start start seeing beyond what you were doing in the military, correct?
7: Absolutely. Absolutely. As a And I was a senior logistician in the military, so... When I got that call to go out to hollywood um and 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 meet some executives out there, and I was looking around, you know what could I do? you know there was producer there was there was distribution there was um you know logistics things of that nature. the one thing that I saw that the science connected and the science made sense to me logistics and distribution is pretty much the same right you know there's a there's a need. uh you know there's a component that needs to be carried somewhere. And and people need that thing, so you help deliver that. So, that that made sense to me. So uh, I just went to UC, UC, UCLA and got certified in the business of entertainment, and from there, just started on my plight.
2: Now, now let's let's put just let's be honest about it. This this whole relationship, you in the military, sergeant major. You carried a certain amount of respect when you walked in the room. People, I know, I'm gonna give you my respect. Thank you for your service. Because first of all, you protected me, and you you. don't even know me. So that is that is a that's a mindset that people have to wrap their head around. There that somebody has chosen to protect this entire country and parts that person may never go or never see. And but that's a special person that does that. But when you walk in the room with these producers, these executives, these these individuals who are decision makers, do you feel that because you were in the military allowed you a certain uh, uh, ability to uh, make a better, make stronger relationships or create relationships you might not have had if you were not in the military?
7: I would say, being in the military, it taught me how to enter a room. Right. So there's a certain way. There's a certain way as a man, you know, or woman, you have to carry yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? There, there's a strict. There's a certain dress code associated with that. Because believe it or not, we 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 are always judged and and scores always kept on how we move. So it's very important that you know they always want to put us in a box based on our pigmentation. So it's very important that you move as a, you know, like a professional, yes. uh, you, you know, because uh, you are being looked at. So it's, 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 it's how you move.
2: And that's really, and it's, of- it's important that you people hear that, you know, because of the fact that, you know, we could, we could, you know, as, as young people, we all were young, you know, I had to, I, before I lost all my hair, I had a big Afro. I, I remember, I, in fact, we're going to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to tell this little short story about how I didn't want it to conform to to my company's, dress code. And guess what? There was no success for me. Frustration. And that's all he's talking about. Be right back with more Sergeant Major talking about he's a whisper, y'all, but he talks loud on my show.
5: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald.
0: You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations, Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald.
2: This week I sat down with award-winning actor, best-selling author, and entrepreneur Hill Harper. He stopped by and talked about how his thyroid cancer diagnosis led to his role as a health and wellness ambassador, teaching everyday people how to live healthier lives.
7: We believe that a lot of the root cause of cancer has to do with what we put on our skin. Our skin is the largest organ in our body, it Mm -hmm. absorbs everything Mm -hmm. just as if you ate it Your endocrine system, your liver, your kidneys have to deal with it. And they said the reason why it'll never be tested because the same companies that make the lotions that contain the aluminum, the petroleum, the parabens, and the oils and all these things, the same companies who make that are also the same companies that are the drug companies. So they're never going to do a a long-term study of the effects of their product.
2: If you want to listen to this full interview with Hill Harper, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com.
5: Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald.
2: I'm on the phone with um, he's here, Sergeant Major, um, Black Panther. I want to bring up that movie. Um, and I, I'm, I'm pausing because I'm thinking about how how important that movie was for me personally, how important that movie was for me um, in the in the in the industry, because we had never had a movie come out that that sold the tickets that it sold, that was directed by a black director. And you happen to be a distributor, probably the long African-American distributor on that movie. Tell tell us about your role and some of the achievements that you were able to, groundbreaking achievements that you were able to do with the movie Black Panther.
7: Um, Yes, uh, I was part of the team, and you're right, you're correct. I was the only black guy that was part of the strategy for distributing Black Panther. And what I mean about distribution, uh, you know, I was one of the people that uh, designed the strategy as far as where, what demographic market area Black Panther would be released in. Right. And that's based on, um, you know, everything from race, creed, you know. So, yes, I was a part of that uh, that strategy on how we was going to launch that. And Black Panther went on to um, make $1.3 billion. So. Yes, at the time when questions were asked of me, do you think that this would be a successful movie? Because like you said, uh, it was directed by a black, you know, Ryan Coogler, a black director, and it was the first film in history to have an all-black cast, which was, you know, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, so on and so forth. Um, you know, it was a risk for the studios from their vantage point, you know? So, uh, um, but yes, all those things were factors in it, and, and even all the way down to when we were talking about you know what month should we should we actually release it in? And uh, obviously, you know, I see the month of February. Why? Because it's Black History Month, and right. that you know that means something to us. So, absolutely, I was very proud to do that, and and also excited to get um, to get phone calls from the likes of stars that were actually renting out the theater so that the uh, the underprivileged communities could actually go and 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 screen the movie. You know what I'm saying? The ones that couldn't afford it. So, very proud of my. Of my people, if you will, my brothers and sisters, who who did things like that, who had the means to um, to make that uh, uh, um, available to everybody.
2: You know, uh, Sergeant Major, I'm talking to Sergeant Major Keith L. Craig. Um, you know, I've been in Hollywood since '93. I, I, I went out there in 1990 doing stand-up comedy. I actually started writing on television shows in '94. In and I've uh, been fortunate to write on anywhere from The Parkers, The Jamie Foxx Show, The Sister Sisters, uh, The Robert Townsend Show, The Parkers, I mean, The Robert Townsend of Parenthood, as well as uh, Arsenio Hall. And uh, that whole period of writing and a whole period of distributing, the whole period of relationship. Tell everybody, what exactly is your role in Hollywood?
7: Well, my role in Hollywood is, like you say, uh, I think the young people call it a plug, Right. Um, because my clients are the networks. When you talk about the HBOs, the stars, the Showtimes, um, you know, the, the, the Netflixes and, and, all of those, along with the broadcasting, the, the digital pieces of it. Um, you know, I have the ability to, when people have finished films, to get their content to, to find a, find a good home for their, for their content, right? I think that's very, very, very important. And I also, um, you, you mentioned earlier why they call me the Hollywood Whisperer. I think it has something to do with us trying to protect the filmmakers because, you know, what we, 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 we speak to five and six filmmakers every day. Right. And what we're noticing is they go into uh, the filmmaking uh, piece of it with understanding that it's three, it's three pieces to filmmaking, the pre-production, the production, the post-production. So the flaw in that, though, is by the time you finish post-production, you're editing so on and so forth, you actually are out of money. You know, so it's, it's what my partner and I, Jeff Porter, what we do is we teach people there are six phases. Maybe teach is the wrong word, but we, 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 we coach, teach, and mentor that there's six phases. You know, the additional three phases is branding, right. marketing, and then distribution. So it's very important that you save a, a, almost a third of your budget that you're looking at as a production budget to make sure that your film actually it does the business that you want it to do at the box office.
2: Now let me ask you this, because you know the streaming's out here. You got a big old writer's strike going on, and you and you're in distribution, and then you got all these titles. You know, I, I look at the, a lot of streaming channels out there, and I go, and they say the word free, and then I see all these these movies, these blockbusters from back in the day, and they 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 start to collect all these catalogs. As a distributor. How do you align yourself with certain channels or streaming channels to say this is where I want to take your product, or do you wait for them to ask you for the opportunity to distribute your products?
7: You mean the filmmakers? Yes, sir. You no, know, you know we we both right. We 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 look for films that we you know that we're interested in, right? And also, you know, filmmakers look for us people that are interested in in getting results because um, as we make a name for ourselves, obviously, mine my resume, um, you know, uh, makes people, you know, let's, let's at least let's check these guys out. And from there, we just do good business. You know what I'm saying? We, like I said, earlier, we're all about transparency and integrity, things that nature, and we have direct relationships with these platforms. So if you bring a film to us, it's not a, it's, it's not if you can get it there, we have relationships. We know what these networks or these digital platforms are looking for. You know what I'm saying? Even when we sit, on a monthly basis with these broadcasters, these network stations, right um the conversation is you know we're looking for a, b or C. these are the components of what we're looking for right now, whether it be a, a um all female led driven cast with humor, you know what I'm saying, or is it is, are you looking for um you know horror with some mystery in it? well, we know what those we know what those asks are, so when we come back when once we find a filmmaker that we we think either they're going into making the film. Um, you know, with with the with those components, you know, of, of that production there. Um, or we, you know, we take what they have, we find what they already have, and we shout, and we bring it to the networks and, they, you know, we sign a licensing deal. Well, you know, it's That's interesting because
2: kind of I'm really trying to wrap my head around this because, you know, it's like, you know, as a writer, I knew I got a check for writing. As a stand-up, I got a check for telling my jokes. As a manager, I what? got commission checks. How does – and I'm not trying to get into any detail, but how does no, a person okay. like you – Make money so people can understand how the process works.
7: Sure, as, as as a distributor, right? There's obviously there's servicing fees, right? So when you bring a movie a finished a finished movie to us, whatever, there's a there's a servicing fee
4: mm-hmm.
7: uh, attached to that based on how we service you. You know, what I'm saying we get your film on Netflix, and you know, we we become a partner. It's a partnership. Okay. So you say you say you know you say sergeant major. Sergeant Major Craig, I have a film. Okay, Roshan, uh, send me over a screen link. Let's take a look at it. Oh, okay. And then we know once we look at that film, we say okay. We think we got a home for that film. Let's let's send it over to talk to, you know, um, this person over this network see what they say. And from once we get the, the 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 yay or nay from that network, we come back and report to Roshan, Roshan, this is this is the offer. You know, we got an offer. Um, we're going to do a counter and ask for these type of, um, you know, these changes, these stipulations.
2: Let me ask you this. Now you got my mind floating. Now, okay. So, oh, okay. do you do do you do like um, specials, like music specials? If it's produced, could I bring that to you, or you just do films, a uh, 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 series? What what can one bring
3: to you?
7: Well, you could bring everything for us to take a look at. It, right. Obviously, uh, the full features are the most sought after uh, things by the broadcasters. But and when you're talking about the music. Productions, right? right? Obviously, you have to have there are clearances associated with that, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure all your homework is done. If you got song some that somebody else owns, well, you got to go get clearance right, right? For all of that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and we were we would require all of that. You got to make sure you got E and O insurance, Arizona omissions insurance. Right? This is the is to cover you if somebody sues you because you didn't get total clearance or you were, or you move too fast. You know what I'm saying? So it's very important, you know, to uh, 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 just check all your blocks out, and we'll make sure. If you're bringing something to us, first of all, it has to have the production value based on what you saying the budget was, right? Um, you know, optically these people are professionals, so they know what something costs or did not cost. You know what I'm saying? So we're looking at the production value, to make sure you got the red cameras or the, or the the black magics and so on and so forth, and 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 the talent, you know, the acting, the talent. Everything is, you know, a, a, um, a component of for successful. Um, you know, partnership.
2: Wow! Hey, Sergeant Major, please tell people how they how they can reach out to you. Uh, is it website? Is it uh, uh, what number? How they can reach you? Because I, I next time I bring you on, we're gonna start this different. We're gonna take some phone calls because you you pushing out information that people need to know. Because don't nobody know where to go.
7: Understand? I Understand? You can find us at uh, pcfeminmedia.com. dot com. That's pcfeminmedia.com. dot com. I'm on Instagram at official keith l craig. Official Keith L. Craig, all one word. I also have a website, Keithcraig.org, Or you can email me at Keith.craig at pcfMedia.com.
2: Okay, now slow that down. That, that gonna get busy. That that okay. that's gonna get busy right now. So because your role, if somebody has projects, don't just be emailing Sergeant May, just be emailing him. If you got content that you don't know where to take it, content that you want to some advice on where to distribute it, then Sergeant Major can get you there. Can you give out that email address one more time, Sergeant Major?
7: Sure. That's Keith.Craig at pcfimandmedia.com. That's one word. PCFilmAndMedia.com. Spell it out. One word. Wow. Keith.Craig at com.
2: Wow. You know, I, I, you're you whispering to me now. You're not only whispering, you're talking to me right now, Keith. <laughs> because, because I'm just telling you, man, As as a black person, we don't know where to go. We don't know where to go. We don't know. We're just being creative. We're making stuff. At least we're getting a professional person telling us uh, this this won't work or this work or you need to do your homework, do better production, invest more time in, you got the wrong cameras, you need to get your license, you need to get everything re- released release on all your talent, stuff like that we don't know. But if you contact him, he'll get you started in the right direction. Sergeant Major, thank you, man, for coming to my show. I want to bring you back, man. If you don't mind, I want to take phone calls so people can ask you questions, and let's do it like a a class on on, on money making conversation masterclass. You good with that?
7: I would I would love to come back. I would love, Rashawn. Please, it's been a, it's been an honor and and, and and you know a gift to come on. Thank you so much for
2: having me. I appreciate you. He's the whisperer, y'all, but he talks real loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Major, thanks for coming on money making conversation masterclass. We talk soon, my friend. Yes, and I, want, I want to thank everybody for listening to my show, man. I cannot do this show without you guys. I get up tired, but when I get to this show, man, I am fired up. Talk to you next time on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. This is Rashawn McDonald. We be out.